The Athletic. Hello, welcome to From the Rook End, a podcast about a life following Watford Football Club, brought to you by The Athletic. My name is John, with me today outside of Rook Road, after Watford went 5-0 down uh, to uh, Liverpool, is uh, Jason. All right there. I'm all right. Mike? Good day to you, John. <laughs> now, I kind of know where we're going to go with this, Michael, because you've sent several messages to the WhatsApp group. The worst... Of all the defeats we've had to Liverpool? Oh, well, I mean, we've had some shockers, haven't we? I remember being with uh, DCW just left us. I was, uh, uh, I was up at Anfield when we lost 6-1, pretty hapless, and there was a couple of 5 nils up there where we didn't look at the races. But that was every bit as bad as we feared. It could be. We, you know, we all joke about it before these games, about how you know, a really good opposition like Liverpool could run riot, and they absolutely did. But we have to catch this whole thing by saying there is no disgrace in losing to Liverpool there's not even really any disgrace into losing losing to Liverpool 5-0 because they are on a different plane when it comes to football they're Manchester City probably Chelsea they're just a cut above the way they play the game the talent they have is evident for all to see so um, you can walk away having lost 5-0 and you can walk away with your head held high absolutely not the uh, there's no chance of us doing that today I thought it was a capitulation from minute one to minute 91, appalling. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. I spent the week going, I'm excited about this. I don't think we're going to get a, a win out of this necessarily, but you think the new manager bounce, etc., etc. It would have been something to take from this game. But the minute I saw that lineup, I had no hope whatsoever. And the second I saw Ishmael Assar playing through the middle, it all dissipated completely. Well, we can talk about lineup, and we will talk about yeah. the tactics and how the, how, the, how the team went. But ultimately, what, the game of football is 11 blokes going at it, or 11 women going at it on the, on the football pitch, playing football against each other. And you can talk about the minutiae, you can talk about the tactics, who's playing here, who's playing there. But there are there's certain things that you have to build into that, certain basic foundations that a performance has to be built on, which are tempo, effort, commitment and belief. And there were none of those from, from minute one. So regardless of the, who was playing where, whether it's square pegs, round holes, regardless of having defensive worries, the way they just took to the field and the way they tackled that game was... was I'm not going to say disgrace, it was, it was depressing... And having, having had sort of, what, half an hour to ruminate on it, it's hugely, hugely worrying that you can't lift yourself for a, for a game like that. And you can, you can look to contain a side, which is obviously what we were able to, what, uh, hoping to do, let Liverpool have the ball. But there's a way of doing that. You still have to make it difficult for them. You don't let them have the ball and that's it. Oh, look, Liverpool have got the ball. That's our game plan going, working. 20 minutes in, they'd, they'd completed 210, 216 passes. We'd completed 16. That, so that tells you the, and that, that was effectively that was the template for the for the game. There's a way of letting the opposition have the ball. You have to do other stuff. You have to harry. You have to hound. You have to maintain your shape. You have to ask some modicum of a question of the opposition. There was nothing, 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 nothing from minute one to minute 91. It was a, a limp, gutless and really, really worrying display. Jason, what was, what, let's try and figure out why it was so bad at the beginning. 
do you think that was completely out of necessity, choice, or the fact that you know this is a, a, a team was in a bad place? Yes, there's a new manager, but when you go and play Liverpool, you're just playing Liverpool. We, we make these managerial changes, don't we, during this internet, these international breaks. It's, it's not the first time we've done that. And you wonder sometimes how long has, has Ranieri had to yeah. look at these players. So Kuczka played in midweek for Slovakia. Um, obviously, Trusta Kong was away with Nigeria, wasn't he? They, those guys are both in the side. So how long has he truly had to implement his tactics, his way of playing on the team but don't you then in that situation if you're a manager coming in you have to go off what they've done before not I'm going to be able to spend two days if that less than ten hours with footballers to, to get my new philosophy on that was never going to happen yeah yeah, possibly but then we didn't did we because as you said you, you look at that line up you, you, you look at the let's look at the defenders that are on the team sheet for starters Kiko Truce Cathcart Messina Rose you look at it and you think okay well we're playing three at the back with Messina at the back mm-hmm. and then you look at it and they're lining up no with Messina further up the pitch with Danny Rose and that already like you say that feels doesn't feel right that feels uncomfortable you then just got two central midfielders there and you're thinking okay that's a bit worrying because yeah. we know the way Liverpool play they're going to they're going to be finding pockets of space in that midfield unless we really play narrow and bring some of those front men back in uh, sort of tucking in and then you see you've got Kucho, you've got Saar, you've got Dennis. Are we confident that those guys, Saar, probably yes, if he was playing wide, but he wasn't even playing in the middle. So then you're looking at Dennis and Kucho to tuck in and try and create, just have bodies in the midfield. And you think, I'm not sure those guys would do that. I don't think they're the way they play. But you, could you see what he was trying to do at least? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Do you agree um, with what he's trying to do? <laughs> not, I don't, I don't think so. I don't no. think I agree with it because it, well, obviously it didn't work. And I think as well, I, as, as Michael said, Liverpool are very, very good. And you can see what they're doing as well. And and it, it's almost sort of obvious what they're doing because they do it so well. You can see it clearly playing out Salah down the side the rest of the midfield flooding the central areas occupying our men in the middle Salah gets the ball then second phase he's running inside and, and it's really hard to track him because we're already occupied in the middle with all the other bodies that they put, that they push forward the way that they play the gegenpress and all that and you think oh, well, yeah we can see what you're doing we just cannot cope with it yeah. we just couldn't cope with the way they were playing let's go through some of those players Michael defensively it felt like they were the only choices that we sort yeah, of literally. we had uh, especially with the, the centre backs, Kiko and and Rose as a pretty much it seemed to be a back a back four, well, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what. It, but anyway, those performances that lot in particular just just could couldn't do any better against that 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 press because that's what they are. No, I mean it's, there's not many teams that can live with it. We do have to be honest with that. We're not going completely overboard and saying, well, you know, we should have done this, we should have done that. Not many people can live with Liverpool. That's why they've won the Champions League. That's why they're, favorite, they're often favourites for the Premier League. The players you've got, they're just good. They're just miles, miles better than us. But that means that every single player in that team has to know their job yeah, and but, has, to, has to play. And I don't think, I don't think, I don't think they did. And I think the way they were set up, you know, it, Rose was a, sort of in a, in a in the left of a of a centre back trio, wasn't he? Which which looked which looked weird. Um, you kind of don't mind seeing Kiko 
given him the opportunity to get forward a little bit, but he kind of sort of wandered off doing that and then completely forgot to do any any defensive stuff. I think that's, that's the trouble with Kiko. I and mean, Kiko, he was great for us last season and that's fine against championship players. Yeah. If he has got a weakness, it is his positioning. Yeah. And, and part of that is you give him a licence to attack. He is quite slow sometimes getting back and, and yeah. forgets his defensive duties. Yeah. Yeah, Tor- torrid, torrid time in the Premier League last time out. Let's not, let's not forget it. Burned time and time again for exactly what, what Jason was saying. Um, I think Adam Messina, you, you would work in on the basis you wouldn't see him again in a Watford shirt before today, probably, all things being, being equal. And he, he got hooked at half-time, replaced with with Tom Cleverley to the surprise of absolutely no one. Well, they were probably the two most disappointing out of the, 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 the players who had lesser games. They have got that experience of the Premier League. You'd hope they would have built on it before now. Messina just doing those danger balls, which you think, do you not understand they will crucify if it goes wrong? And they did. I feel, I feel like we're having this conversation about these guys and it's, it's like a sandcastle on the, against the advancing tide. The, the defence we have simply isn't good enough. The personnel that we have in the building isn't good enough. Is that a depth thing or is that just, if we had a first choice, would it, no, would it be the same? Nowhere, nowhere near. Kiko Femenia is not good enough in the Premier League. Adam Messina is not good enough in the Premier League. Craig Cathcart has been good enough in the Premier League. I love Craig Cathcart. He's not getting into any other Premier League side in a million years. Troost, again, the opposition just wait for him to have it because they know there's going to be a mistake coming when he has the ball at his feet. So probably not good enough for the Premier League. Sear Alta, jury out, something weird went on with him and Cisco. Now he's injured. Danny Rose is Danny Rose. We know all about him. But he was absolutely knackered by the end of it. Most um, salad to contend with, yeah. So, so I think we can talk about the positioning of these guys. and But... Today, it's almost thankless. It's almost literally pointless because they're they're just not anywhere near the level. That's fine. And the point I want to sort of get to at that point is that let's when we're going to look forward into as well as just not this game a little bit. But so going forward, it is that is always going to be a weakness. So what we need to do then, and I'll let Jay's come in here on this, but. Knowing full well that we have, if I can see it, if you can see it, if everyone else can see it, most people have seen it for the last two or three years. Gino doesn't buy defenders, and the the truth is is there in front of us every week. So we know what we've got there, which is a porous backline. What's the next best thing that we can do? Have a functioning midfield, and I think um, Sissoko probably is one of the. So let's talk about a functioning midfield then. So we're 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 very 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 worried about the defence. Maybe you never know. Ranieri's first job would be make them make them a unit rather than a bunch of four players make them a unit that might be a, a, a strength that might be a good idea actually stick a sort of silver pole through all of them <laughs> and have them like a, uh, a foosball table and then try well, that we keep Kiko defending uh, <laughs> midfield wise though the, the, it very quickly Jason felt like we were being we weren't harassing and overrunning that midfield there just weren't the bodies in there Kuchka was one of those players who had his old bloody hell moment. This is how quick the Premier League can be. Sissoko, I think, was our best player on the pitch. Just mopping up here, there and everywhere, as well as doing as best he could in there. And it took until Cleverly to come on where we were starting to clog up that that midfield. Yeah, that's it. Like you say, Kuzka, yeah, he got stuck in a few times, but... The, the risk and we saw it time and time again whenever we did try and attack he would move forward as soon as they broke 
he was done. He was spent. He was jogging back, particularly that second half. He could just there was just nothing left in the legs. I, I'd already said he'd played for Slovakia earlier in the week. I, I mean, it, it just was a struggle for him today. Yeah. And yeah, with uh, so before two men in midfield, Liverpool just bodies everywhere, just movement. Pass, move, pass, move, pass, move. So much quicker than, obviously quicker than us, quicker than a lot of other teams in this in this league. And we're just getting dragged around because we haven't got the bodies in there. And yeah, he, he gave did up. Did cleverly change that though? Yeah, did, did to an extent. Um, and we kind of, we, we sort of went to a 4-4-1-1 then, didn't we? But it, it just seemed to take us time to adjust. I think, again, we were still getting caught out when we were losing the ball and that's why we saw two quick goals in the second half because <laughs> uh, I think I, what do you think though actually Jace, though, if we'd had that midfield three and mate or midfield two put cleverly into three against another club it would have had a little bit more success I think so yeah, the team the team that finished today I mean you, you, if we if we want to give try and give Watford some credit they they did keep trying to towards yeah. the end, didn't they? They, they would try as bless them. Yeah. But they, Mike, they kept they kept having a go. They they did try and attack. They just, just weren't good enough at it. I think it's this is the same trap that people fell into it with the Newcastle game. Oh, we had a better second half. We we, we got an yeah. equaliser and we didn't lose and we almost won it at the at the end. After whatever it was, fifty five minutes, it was four nil to Liverpool. And to say we kept trying is is accurate and, and we'll come on to some of the guys that came on I think Jao Pedro is another one that came out with, with credit but to say we kept trying is fine they, they, they had their pipe and slippers on at 4-0 we can accept that, that Liverpool have masses of quality we know we do not have quality so we need to and this is where Ranieri needs to come in this is where Ranieri is going to earn his corn he has to set that team up to make them more than the sum of their parts. Yeah. We know we are going to be fighting a relegation battle this yeah. season. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Ranieri needs to do what he needs to do to give us the edge in that battle against the other teams. I know exactly what you're saying, Mike, about, yeah, we, we were trying, but we were trying against a team that had won the game, that were taking it easy, looking forward to their Champions League game later, later in the week. We need to look at that. We need to try and take something from the mm. small positives that are in that game. There's no point in us saying, well, we were great, but they'd given up. We, we're just crap. We, we might as well not bother for the rest of the season. What we need to do and what Ranieri needs to do is say, right, these are the things that you did well today. It was a horror show, but look, we can do this. Yeah. yeah? Look at that. Look at that. Let's take that into the next game because otherwise you, you, you give up now, then they might as well not bother. But midfield-wise, they might. Going forward... We actually got a lot of choices there. I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel like that's going to be a lost cause as much as the defence feels. And we think, as Jason said, Ranieri gets it ticking in the way that he wants it ticking in the way he wants it ticking. That feels like it's not as dire. I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm, I'm, re- I'm, really, I'm really not sure. I think, so midfield... Don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know how we how we fix it because I don't think there there's anyone that wants the ball in front of the defenders. So in that respect, they might be able to protect them to a degree in in in, in terms of stopping attacks. But then, how do we build? How do we get the ball into the opposition half, which we didn't do 
for the first half yeah. almost exclusively so how do we do that and it's all and I think Jason's right you have to look about what we're going to do and I think it will start from the back how we shore up a leaky defence then how we give the midfield a bit of uh, vim and vigour and how we get them helping the defence and starting to create something going forward after, after today I find, I'm finding it really really difficult I think we've talked about Kuchka I thought the game passed in pie completely maybe a mitigating factor in terms of he's been away he's one of the more senior members of the squad um, so but it's I, I, I just don't know I, I have massive massive reservations I'll give, I'll give you my not knowing I think but that it, again I think with the, the numbers that we have in those positions the experience it does feel like it, it, it could go somewhere the I was going to say, we, we've won two games this season and we hopefully we, we didn't get too carried away when we beat Villa, who weren't great on the day, but we still had to go out and beat them. Norwich, we know how poor they are, but we still had to go there and beat them in a game that they would have been well up for because they would have seen that as an opportunity. And it's just a balance. It's, it's, it's Melky Mackay, isn't it? It's never too high, never too low. And that's what Melky used to say. And I think that's... That's where we need to be. I know it's, it's hard when you sort of see that today, but I think we just have to say, draw a line under it, go again. I think man, one man who will go again in a happy place is definitely Mr. Jab Pedro, who already mentioned Mike. Those attacking options, and the, the four that played up front during, during that game, it, it felt a mess, yeah, did. fundamentally. It felt like if... Ranieri had never watched a Watford game before so why are you playing Ishmael Asar where he isn't at his most dangerous so why put him there was a big question I literally couldn't figure out why why not put Kuch why not Dennis there why not put Kucho there why not put Ashley Fletcher there why, why do that at this point in a game when your most dangerous person isn't playing in their most dangerous position so it felt a complete mix Dennis was getting nowhere at all with the Liverpool with Van Dyke. So when it got changed and Pedro comes on yeah. and Cucho is still being quite lost in this game, but Zar's in his happy place, it starts to go, right, they're green shoots. You know, there's definitely green shoots there which you think could easily turn into some decent plants. If we're going to take positives then Pedro was was a big one. And you know, as as Jason's talking, we, we did keep going towards the end and and Hernandez who had a a poor game again I think and struggling to see how he fits in up there increasingly but to his credit he did keep going and he and he did find himself in a couple of decent decent positions I thought Dennis's Dennis's first touch was uh, was um, wasn't great I thought he had another off day as well of course you get very limited opportunity if your first touch isn't perfect against the Rolls Royce like Virgil van Dijk your life is going to get very very difficult very very quickly and I thought Saar cut an increasingly frustrated and lonely figure almost throughout, really. And that, that's always a big worry for me. Um, Didn't sulk, though? I don't, no, no, I don't think he is a sulker. I think he's a hard... Come on, he's had some sulks over the years. I just think he's a hard worker and I think he gets frustrated when things don't go his way. We don't get enough out of him. And I think that's more down to the rest of the team than it is Ismail Assar. But I'm starting to worry in terms of... You know, if he has to put up with too many games like that, whether in January he starts actually thinking this ain't this ain't for me, it's not worth my while being here, which you, you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't argue with. But let's park that. We'll worry about. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We, we've got him for now. He's good and he can he can make a difference. And I kind of have a little bit of sympathy for Ranieri and thinking right, we're going to try and soak up pressure and hit it on the break with a with a ball over the top. Who's the most man? Who's the man most likely to get onto that? Who's the quickest guy in the club? 
it's Ismail Asar. We know he can finish. He's done it against Liverpool, as we did it 18 months ago in that win. So I kind of do understand the thinking behind it. Soak it up, ball over the top, hit him on the break, then 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 can continue to soak it up. So I, I do get it. Didn't work out at all. It, it was a it was a big old mess up there. But 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 I think we've we've talked about people not looking like they want the ball, people looking not comfortable, people not looking confident against at this level. Not a bit of it was João Pedro. He's um, never takes a backward step, um, and was urging people. I think there is we got a throw in, probably in the 85th minute, and he won it down in sort of just in front of the the rookery, probably I don't know 20 yards out or something. Nothing was going to come of it, but he was haranguing Cathcart, come on, come on, come and take this throw in, and he tried to make an impact, and he was he was one that looked like he could ask questions, which we just haven't done enough. So, if we're looking for green shoots, my green shoot. Is Jao Pedro. My favourite thing he did is two things he did that I just like, like sum him up for me, in many ways for me. There was one where uh, Matip had the ball, he was about to press, he was just passing it backwards, and he just lunged towards it to get in the way of it, and he missed, and he went, oh no, like he'd missed a, a, a five yard sitter. Yeah. And then the other one is, again with Matip as well, he was, uh, the ball went out near the, he sort of, it's a little like, little dinky kick he did of him and he has, he's got that in him yeah, yeah, yeah. that little little niggle that he's gonna in a, in a game some of those centre-backs are going to be like poked and poked and yeah, poked yeah. and poked and yeah. poked by him and he does feel like the only currently with you know King not being there the only true centre-forward and the only real choice to start next week against Everton This episode is supported by season three of FX's Welcome to Wrexham Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. From the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. But we had a, a tweet before the game had even finished, Michael, from, uh, from Ed. Ed said, get Mr. Duxbury back on your show. Replay him your previous conversation. Ask him what has happened. Perhaps bringing Cristiano Giretta to inferior squad to both the relegation seasons and last season. Don't be afraid to be critical. This team has no purpose. Yeah. Like, there's two points there from Ed. One was purpose. The other one is the recruitment. Jonathan Woodgate was on Five Live last night and was saying, hey, it doesn't matter how much money you got in Newcastle. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. It doesn't matter how much money you got in Newcastle. No one's going to go and live and play in Newcastle. That's always our, our, our limitation, isn't it? But the purpose bit is the bit I'm gonna, I want to talk about. Do you think we can find a purpose? So I think I've seen a few, a few, a few messages about us being perhaps not as as critical as as people might feel we we ought to be. And I think you know anyone's listened to podcast over ten years will probably heard me <laughs> sound slightly more. But we've talked about the defence, and I think I don't I don't think that's a live issue. I think we have underinvested, and I think that's that is clear for everyone to see. And I think Gino and Scott would probably have to hold their hands up. And, and say, yeah, we're... Yeah, but hold your hands up makes you feel like 
Uh, oh yeah, sorry guys, we got it wrong. But actually, again, again yeah. so therefore it isn't really forgivable. No, it's not really to be to find yourself in the mess you know that we we find ourselves in currently. We just haven't got enough quality defenders to bring in, and that is a failing in recruitment. There's, I don't think there's an argument or a discussion to be had about it. They're not good enough, and we haven't got enough of them. So that's that. In terms of midfield, there was you know I think the Will Hughes um, saga was a, was a colossal mess from. Everyone involved, basically. I think the club balls it up. I think Will Hughes balls it up, and I think his agent balls it up. We've lost a player that didn't want to leave, and he's gone to a relegation, well, a rival. Um, but you know, you look at who we've brought in in midfield. Kuchka, uh, 75 international caps, looked has looked good in a couple of games. Sissoko, similar World Cup winner, pedigree, Premier League experience. Imran Luza, who they had high hopes for, paid a lot of money for, I think, was seen as a Will Hughes replacement. Um, and, and a few other so they have added um, the, the question is and I think the question is a good one and it's one that's cropping up more and more and more as this season goes on is what is the identity of this side what is it, how are they going to play and why have they been brought in what, what have they been brought in to deliver because we know that Scott Duxbury and Gino bring in the players give them to the manager the head coach and say this is what you've got go out and play how do they want this team to play because as it stands purpose is if I think I'm understanding correctly is how they're going to go out and do it what is the idea behind this this collection of players I agree I think at the moment it looks miles less than some of its parts and and yes we've played Liverpool yes we've been trounced by Liverpool but the nature of that defeat today and the performances against Leeds and the week before that against Newcastle tell me that this is a, a, a team a squad that is going one way and it ain't up it's quite. It does seem quite difficult to understand what the identity of the club is when we know what our policy is around, head coaches around. When things aren't working, we are happy to make changes quickly, which I still think is a good thing. Don't let's not hang around to see when it's going to start going wrong, or, or if we think it's if we think it's going to go wrong, we make that change quickly. But then. Who do you then bring in as the replacement? Are you bringing in a head coach that suits the players that you've got? And you look at the lineup today, we're sort of coming full circle here, and he's picking players that don't seem to fit into the way he wants to line up on the day. Ranieri, we exchanged a few WhatsApp in the week, didn't we, about the way he played. He sort of look at like what he did with Leicester everyone's sort of been talking about that sort of defence first be solid you know 4-4-2 but happy to hit teams on the counter you know it, it's that sort of counter attacking football we've got the pace for that up front yeah we've talked about the, the, the poor recruitment defensive wise but yeah have we got the players to play that way I, I'm not sure we do does that well, mean was, that Ranieri then has to come in and change the way he plays? He has to do something different, so he's having to learn and adapt, which, I mean, if you're in the game for as long as he's been, then he's, he quite clearly will have had to anyway. But does that then take away from the model that we've got? If you're going to be changing head, head coach frequently, if you're going to be making those changes quickly before things go really wrong 
you're almost like not given the time to adapt like that, to adapt to the players that you've got. And it just, there just seems to be an imbalance in the thought process there. Well, he feels that the, you know, the Ranieri thing is going to, you know, he will be able to learn and act on everything he saw today far quicker than many other managers he would. To. He has to, yeah, absolutely right. Um, I think we're just going to, as a big red Liverpool bus backs down to pick up the players. Um, we've got, I, th- I think what I'm happy with Mike at the moment is that I think there's some games here where he has got space to, to sort himself out without being ridiculed. Well, look, you know, he, the, the, the massive thing that Claudio Ranieri has in his locker, if you like, is experience. He has managed in exceptionally difficult circumstances in this country, in Italy, uh, relegation battles at the bottom of the table, at the top of the table. He's been there and done it. And so that is obviously a massive benefit. I think there is a, a longer term, a longer term question mark about and, and Jason summed it up perfectly and I think the question is, was framed to, to, to make that exact point where where are we actually going in in the in the long term at the moment having just got promoted it's fine to flail around a little bit to stay up you do whatever you can do to stay up and that, if that means changing manager head coach you do it we just need to stay up but then what's next year and what's the year after that and what's the year after that look like I hate to do it I was watching that game after Newcastle on the way home we watched um, Brentford against Liverpool and I I hate to do it because we're not the same club we're we're very different in a lot of ways and it's it's a lazy comparison in a lot of ways but what they have done is they've built up momentum over the years they understand what they're trying to achieve how they want to play and you look at the way they played Liverpool they took the game to them maybe had a bit of luck here and there didn't win the game but delivered a high octane entertaining game and no one was surprised that they got a point out of that Liverpool game because you know what you're getting with with Brentford at the moment it's difficult to do that they've been working on it for years and it's taken them a long time to get where they are now and they're reaping the rewards we've had five years in the Premier League when they were nowhere near so there isn't it's not apples and and apples but it just does show what can be done and and I think there are increasing questions about what Watford looks like in if we were to stay up this year we wouldn't really know what was around the corner next year yeah. how how we build because as mentioned we when we have had the opportunity to really build which was post FA Cup final we fluffed our lines I think as a as a club and it feels there are you would have to say being brutally honest do we feel like they've learnt lessons in terms of what they're building in terms of a team and a squad? Big question marks for me. And it's it's not massively enjoyable watching that. That's, it's not like they're really having a go and coming up short. It's like they don't really know what the plan is and coming up miles short. It looks like 11 footballers sent out and told where to stand. Really, you're left back, you're right back, you're the, you're the defence, you're the midfield, you're the attack, go and do it. There is no... They don't feel like a team. And I think that is probably the most damning indictment of the whole the whole situation. I think when you say team, I think much more in terms of short term. But when you say purpose, I think that's the season. What's the purpose of this season? But there isn't, it's philosophy. And I think that's the thing that we've all been crying out for for quite a long time and haven't seen. And you hope an experienced manager like Caroline Ranieri can, can maybe not complete that job, but start defense. that job. In their defence, that takes a long time. 
to get established in the Premier League to give yourself the luxury of then implementing your philosophy and, and being able to attract the players to do it and have the, perhaps a comfort blanket of, of more secure finances to do it. It's, a, it's very, very, very difficult to do that because you're playing teams like Liverpool every week. You know, we could have played really, really well today and still lost 5-0. Man City have done it to us. We haven't played particularly badly and we've just been completely rolled over. It, it could have happened today. So let's not, let's not take anything away from the difficulty of the challenge that the Premier League is uh, overall. It's ludicrously... So, but Brentford had time to develop it in the Championship, to grow it, to define it. Well, they might do, but you say, basically, we... The feeling I've had now after you speaking there, Mike, was actually we got promoted too quick to actually sort of truly grow and define things because three seasons yeah we did wasn't set did we if you no. think I, I suppose you could feel like making excuses of course we want to be straight back up there and 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 on one hand we can say that we say we didn't have the opportunity to reset fully but then on the other we've got a fantastic opportunity to take a core of players that were there from the premier league previously that have got that experience yeah. and build on that because we didn't um, reset for the championship, really. No, no. we no. couldn't because of everything that was going on. But so to mm. say that we didn't, we, we've come back up to it. It's almost like it's a continuation, really. Mm. The Premier League, in, yeah. in honesty, yeah. we haven't lost anyone that we that we didn't want to lose. Really, you mentioned Will Hughes. I think we need to put that in a in a box or just on the subs bench, wherever it, whatever it is. <laughs> um, but. Um, I don't. We've they plan. They will have planned to be back in the Premier League this season, and they achieved that plan. So where's the Where's the thinking? What's the what's the what's the what was the next step? And it, at the moment, it looks like the it's it's a misstep currently, and it's it's easy to be doom and gloom. It's five nil at home, off the back of two different uh, difficult performances previously, but it is the start of something. I think it's important to to realise that. And yeah, Jason was was absolutely right to bring it up at the start. He's probably had a couple of days, if that, with the with the full complement of the squad and. As a head coach, I'm not really sure what you can do with that, especially when you've got to play a team like Liverpool. So this is the start, but the, the future has to start looking better on the pitch pretty quickly because at, at, at the moment it's, there's not a great deal to be, to be positive or, or optimistic about, I don't think. Well, we wouldn't expect you to either, Michael. Mm. All we need is 10 wins and three draws. Are we laughing? Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Part of The Athletic Podcast Network. This is from the Rookery End. Mike, it's, uh, it's my birthday today, um, and I'm looking into the Hornet shop. First question for you is, if you had to go and buy a Watford home away or third shirt, which one would you pick, and what name would you have on it? What name would I have on it? Um, I do like which, which shirt first. I do like the third kit. I do like the I do like the emerald green. And you have the name Grumpy on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just sort of two fingers sticking up on the back. <laughs> but, but, but the best thing, Jason, is look at that American football shirt. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go for that. It's, it's a, well, it's not. American football shirts need to be blue with giants all over. No. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, Jason. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And uh, if anyone wants to buy an Everton ticket and a train ticket, then uh, do a slide into my... Di- no, I'll be going. It'll be, I will reset and I'll be ready to rock and roll again in time for, for Goodison Park next week. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just desperate to see uh, a turnaround in our fortunes. And we're prom- we do a, do a good result at Goodison, aren't we? I think so. Uh, what better time? We need it as well, quite frankly. We need something to, um, something to grab onto. So come on, you golden boys. Isn't it weird being around here like, when teams like Liverpool play? There's loads of people like, hanging around just waiting to see them, the team drive past in a very well-tinted bus. I can't wait to see them drive past and, uh, <laughs> and not come back for a long, long time. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with another podcast with Adam Leventhal uh, and uh, we'll be uh, breaking down the news and what's happened from after this game uh, and everything that's happened and looking ahead. Another game against another Merseyside team, this time up at their place. Go on, you horns. The Athletic.